Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. One of the things I want you to remember about Easter is this, this year especially, that in, in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it's, it's transformed something in our life. Yes, today he's risen. Amen. But I asked myself a question, and I'm going to take some time and just open for a minute. I asked myself a great question. I said, what does Easter mean for me today? To some people, today is just, it's a holiday. You know, you go to church and, you know, and you just do what you do. And some people are, you know, they just decide this is the day they're going to go. And that's great. But it's really a holy day. The day when something changed in the life of a Christian forever. And this year, I really asked, I challenged myself to ask myself maybe the greatest question I've ever asked myself. What does Easter mean for me today? Because it's wonderful what Jesus did 2,000 years ago on a cross. And it's wonderful that today the grave is empty. And it's wonderful that resurrection life is for me. But one of the questions of all I had is, what is resurrection life doing for me daily? Because I can look back and I could see a moment in time, but what does that moment in time mean for me today? And today, I've, I, I kind of I kinda really, I really challenge myself to make sure that you leave here. It's a happy moment, but I make sure you leave here with something that this day will mean for you forever. Because sometimes in life, we, we go through moments and we don't really, we don't really we don't really pull away from that moment what we need to pull away with. And today, if I could do one thing, I want you to walk out of here with seeing Jesus the way he really is. I believe the most misunderstood person in the world is God. A lot of people say a lot of different things about him. A lot of people try to explain him in a lot of different ways. But I think he's misunderstood in many ways. Because somebody says God's like this or God's like that or God does this and God does that. But today I want to just really paint a picture of who he really is. Not out of what I think about who he is, but out of what the word of God says who he is. If you leave here today with one thing, just knowing who he is, that would, that I think that would satisfy my heart, but he really wants to make sure you know who he is when you walk out these doors. To some of you, maybe you walk with him for 30 years. There's always more to see. And there's always more to know. For some of you, this might be your first experience with him. I pray. I had one prayer this morning and only one prayer. I want you to get touched. But the greatest prayer that I had for me preaching this to you today is that if I'm the only example of him you ever see, if I'm the only example of him you ever see, I pray to God I do him justice. I don't want to get in the way of who he is because he's everything. Some of you might have ideas. God, God abandoned me in a moment. God, God, I prayed for somebody to live and they died. I, 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 I asked God to do it and he didn't do it. I, I tried to get out of it and God didn't get me out. I tried to do, I don't, I don't know. Maybe today you walk in here and say, I got letdowns and I got hopes that were dreams. Something was shattered in my life because I believed something was going to happen and it didn't happen. I can't explain all that. I don't know. I don't know why. Heard a wise statement one time. Rather walk with God with all of my questions than walk by myself with all the answers in life. I don't know. I can't explain it. And this Easter, I really want to paint a picture for you. 
I started thinking about something. I, started, I couldn't get away from it. It started a little while back, and it just kind of stood with me. And in John chapter 13, Jesus writes something. And this is the beginning of what we come into Holy Week, Passover. This is the beginning. This is where it started. Jesus was getting ready. We've come to a place where we understand. I understand the tomb's empty, but what's the tomb mean for me? That's great what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, but what's that mean for me today? That's great. I know, I know everything. I know, preacher. I know. I know what it says. I know everybody knows this story, but what does it mean for me right now? What does that mean when I get up tomorrow? What does it do for me? And I want to read this to you right out of the Bible, and I want you to just take the minute today to just really reflect and think about what he's saying. In John chapter 13, verse 1, it says this, Now before the feast of Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, and he should depart out of this world unto his father, having loved his own, which were in the world. He loved them to the end. You know, I thought about something. He loved them unto the end. And it says here, Jesus knew his hour had come, his time. You know, you look at the first part of that scripture. I just want you to see the first part just for a minute. What? He knew his hour was come. And I started thinking about something. I started thinking about the beginning, the creator, the, the, our God in the heaven who created everything, traps himself in time in a man called Jesus. The eternal one, God, now becomes the man, Jesus. And now the one who created the heavens and the earth is trapped in the earth that he created. The one that put the water in the palm of his hand now has to drink the water to survive. The one that took the stars and put them in the sky, now he's got to sit under him with all his questions, wondering why am I here? The one who put everything into motion now has to understand why am I stuck in this process called life. Because now I'm trapped. I'm trapped in a place that I created for my creation. But the only way my creation is going to make it is I got to pay a price. And I'm thinking of this and I'm going, Jesus, what are you doing? And he goes like this. He goes, my hour is ready to come and it's ready for me to leave. I don't know about you, but I've been doing this for a minute. And I've been at the bedside of people that are getting ready to go. You've been there. Some of you have been there. Your loved one, maybe grandma, grandpa. Somebody that meant something to you was getting ready to go. Their hour is slipping. The time for them has come. They didn't talk about the ball game with me when I showed up. They didn't tell me about a really cool place they found they wanted to go eat. They told me the most important thing they needed to tell me at that moment because time is slipping. Time's running out. They didn't talk to me about the weather. They told me what was most important to them at that given moment. And Jesus knows I'm getting ready to leave the earth. And I'm going to tell you But instead, I'm going to show you. Because I've been talking to you guys for a long time, disciples, and you haven't been hearing me. Because they're still not ready 
for me to leave. So let me show you what I've been talking about. And the Bible says this in chapter 2, 13 to verse 2. Jesus knew he was departing and supper being ended. And the devil now having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come. One by one, the disciples are coming in to the last supper. One by one. One by one. He knew he came from God and he knew he was going back to God. One by one, these guys came to sit at the supper. And Jesus rise from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, and girded himself. He poured water into a basin, began to wash the disciples' feet, and wiped that towel that he was girded with. I started thinking about this, and I started asking myself one, one of the greatest questions, why? Why? Why would this be the thing, your last steps on earth, why would these be the last thing you would do? And I started thinking about it. Can you imagine? Every one of these guys. Of all the times we see Jesus' knees bowing, none is so precious as when he kneels before his disciples and washes their feet. Jesus knew. Jesus knew the time had come for him to leave the world and go to his father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The disciples entered in one by one. They take their places around the table. On the wall hangs a towel. And on the floor sat a pitcher in a basin. Any one of these disciples could have volunteered, but nobody does. Because you got to understand something. This is the lowest form of servanthood there is. The low guy on the totem pole washes the feet. The least of us washes the feet. And Jesus arises from the table that he sat with, with a bunch of flawed men and walks to the bowl, takes the girdle that he wrapped himself with, takes the towel. Can you imagine what the disciples are saying? What is he doing? Why is he the one? Why is he getting, what, what is he doing? We know what this means. We've been here before. Some of you, to this day, if somebody walked in your house, what do you say? Can you take your shoes off, please? Some people have a custom that's customary to them. They knew what he was getting ready to do. When they seen him go get the towel and they watched him walk towards that basin, they said in their head, he's getting ready to wash our feet. He's not supposed to wash our feet. We've came to serve him. He, he, he doesn't have to serve us. We serve him. Can you imagine what was racing through their mind at that very moment when the Messiah that they followed to serve 
now wanted to leave them with the greatest act of service he could. He grabbed a towel. He walked to a basin. He grabbed a pitcher of water. And while the disciples watched, Jesus took the basin and filled the pot. He took the towel. Can you imagine when he he went to go kneel down before them? Common men, flawed man, men that were making mistakes all the time. Jesus said, when you do this and you see this, I want you to do this to one another. But before you're ever going to be ready to do it for one another, let me tell you what I did it for you. Washing of the feet was a task that was reserved for the servant, the lowest servant of all. Hours before his death, Jesus' concern was singular. He wants the disciples to know how much he loves them. And more than removing the dirt, he was removing the doubt. Jesus knows what's going to happen to his hands at the crucifixion. Within 24 hours, he'll be pierced to a lifelessness. And all the times we've expected him to ask for his disciples' attention, this would be it. But he doesn't. You can be sure Jesus knows the future of these feet he's washing. See, because while he's sitting here, he knows where these feet are going to be going. Some of you say, well, what do you mean where these feet are going to be grown? See, because Jesus knows what's getting ready to happen. And he tells them, you don't understand what I'm doing right now. But when I'm gone, you'll understand it. Jesus knows this. You can be sure, Jesus, he knows these feet he's washing. These 24 feet will not spend the next day following their master, defending his case. These feet will dash for cover because of a Roman sword. One pair of feet might go to the end and not abandon him. Judas won't even make it that far. He'll abandon Jesus before he leaves the room. You know... As I studied it and looked at it, I thought, well, for surely Judas wasn't part of these guys because why would you wash the feet of a betrayer? I looked at these guys. I looked for a list, and I, and I went through the list, and I seen Peter and James and John and Andrew and Bartholomew, who's called Nathan. I seen James, I seen Jude, I seen Matthew, I seen Philip, I seen Simon, I seen Thomas, and I seen Judas, and I think he was first. And our Lord and Savior bowed his knee and looked him in the eyes and washed his feet. Palms full of mercy and a basin full of grace. Because that's who he is. 
we got opinions of who we think he is and opinions of what he think he does, but I got news for you today. That's who he is. He's merciful and gracious. He's everlasting and ever loving. Can you imagine looking in the eyes of Judas, knowing all the while he's going to betray you? Can you imagine looking in the eyes of the ones that are going to deny you and walk away from you? Are you imagine looking in this thing? Behold, the gift Jesus gives his followers. He knows these men and he knows what they're about to do. He knows they're about to perform the vilest acts of their lives. By morning, they're going to bury their heads in shame and look down at their feet in disgust. And when they do, he wants them to remember how he kneeled down before them and washed their feet. Because he wants them to remember those feet are still clean. Remarkably, he forgave their sins before they ever committed them. As Jesus kneels down, gazes upon the darkest acts of our life. See, here, here, here's, where, here's where Easter means to me. Because see, Easter, Easter's more than just a story. Easter, Easter has a passion for today. That changes your life. Easter means our Savior kneeling down and gazing upon us the darkest acts of our lives, but rather than recoiling in horror, he reaches out in kindness and says, I can clean that if you want. I can clean that if you want. I, got, I still got a towel and I still got a basin. My question to you today is, what are you, you gonna leave in that basin? That basin's still washing. What are you going to leave in that basin that's been holding you back? What are you going to leave in that basin that today you need to leave behind? I can clean that if you want. And from the basin of grace, he scoops palms full of mercy and washes away our sin. You know, I started thinking, there's so many things we could talk about. So many things, maybe like we could say, that's my, that's my one path, that's my thing. And today I started thinking about Judas. Can you imagine bowing the knee and looking him in straight in the face and knowing all the while he's going to betray you, but you still washed his feet anyway, because maybe deep down inside you think maybe there's a hope for this guy to turn it around. Jesus did. He said, you know, I know what he's getting ready to do, but maybe before it's all over, he could turn this thing around. I started thinking about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness and how forgiveness could change. And I read something, and this was powerful. I heard a story, and I, I read it, and when I read it, it really challenged me. There was, there was a series of stuff that took place in these people's life and in this event with a husband and wife, and the wife wound up learning that her husband had committed an act of infidelity a decade ago, he had made a mistake of thinking it would be better not to tell her. 
So we thought so. She found out, and as you can imagine, she was deeply hurt. Through the advice of a counselor, the couple dropped everything. They went away for seven days. A decision had to be made. Are we going to pray? Are we going to flee? Or are we going to fight? Can you imagine? Take it smart. Let's cover it up. Nobody will know. No big deal. But later on, the wife finds out, and she's devastated. She's overwhelmed. Other ladies have left for lesser problems, but she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me pray about it. Some of you have been through some. Somebody left you. Somebody walked out on you. Somebody said you're no good. Somebody did something. I don't know what happened. I don't know why bad things happen to great people. I don't know why things happen in life that we can't explain. I don't know why stuff goes on. I don't have a clue why things take place. But I know this, that God's got an answer for it. Look, you know what? Some things didn't work out. Sometimes we prayed, they died. Sometimes we did this, they did that. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who's holding the future. husband and wife after 10 days praying and going back and forth and obviously he didn't know what he was going to do she could have left on the 10th night of the trip the man found a card on his pillow on the card was printed a verse i'd rather do nothing with you than something without you beneath the verse I forgive you, I love you, and let's move on. The card might as well have been a basin. The pen might as well have been a pitcher of water. For out of it poured mercy, and with it she washed her husband's feet. Certain conflicts can only be resolved with a basin of water. Any relationship in this world is thirsting for mercy. I started thinking about forgiveness. You know, it was it was it was it was simple but powerful. Because in life sometimes we gotta be washed. And Jesus took his basin, and he took this water pot and poured in forgiveness. And he poured, this is Jesus, he poured in mercy. And for your sin, he poured in grace. And for your pain, he poured in love. That's who he is. So we kind of started thinking about some stuff. What about unforgiveness? I've been forgiven much. The Bible says he who's been forgiven much must forgive. I don't know why we go through what we go through in life, but we've received forgiveness, and now it's time to forgive. It's not easy to forgive, but faith And forgiveness can give us the strength to forgive. Unforgiveness is a bitter poison that kills the recipient that hangs on to it. What are you going to leave in the basin today? 
What are you going to leave that should be left? You know, in the service this morning, I said something. I never thought of it a day in my life. I wish I could have seen the water when it was done washing their feet. I wish I could have seen the dirty water when he was done. Just to always remember that no matter how big I think it is or bad I think it is, he's already forgiven. So maybe there's some unforgiveness we need to bring to the basin. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody's got to be washed. Don't let life hold you back today. And just like, just like Jesus did with the disciples, see, because you got to understand something, these were flawed men. They weren't going to go and stand by his side. They were getting ready to leave him and betray him and walk out on him and deny him. They weren't perfect in any means. But he washed them clean anyway. What does Easter mean? I can continually be clean. And for my unforgiveness, he gave me forgiveness. I don't deserve it. I know. But he thinks I do. You knew what you were doing. I know. He forgives me anyway. Are you going to continue to be like that? No. That's why he tells you to go and sin no more. But I guarantee you I'm going to make a mistake today before I leave the building probably. But he's okay with it. Because his mercy and grace is still washing me clean. What's holding you back from him? You know, we started thinking about so many things. I, I asked myself the question, is, is maybe it's fear. Maybe it's fear. Maybe I don't want to try again. I don't want to trust again. Preacher, I'm afraid to face what's challenging me. I got a fear. It's so tangible I can feel it. And I don't want to try no more. I'd rather live without it. Fear speaks to me so loud, I'm even scared to try. Fear's trying to hold me back. I'm afraid. I won't, I don't want to, I don't want to do this because I don't know what fear. I, I'm scared to try. I'm scared to fail. I got the fear of failure, so I don't try no more. But he just wants you to take your fears and kind of crump them up. And go bring them in the basin. See, for every battle, there's a basin. 
for every conflict, there's a washing of the water. You could choose to hold it, or you could let him wash it. I could choose to keep it, or I could kind of let him cleanse it. He washed it. Judas was full of betrayal. Thomas was full of doubt. Peter was full of denial. What's trying to hold you back today? That you got to bring to this basin. Maybe it's failure. I failed. That's how I see myself. I see myself as if I failed. I tried, didn't work. I tried this, didn't work. I feel like I failed. Well, failure's not final and failure's not fatal. Failure just shows me something, things I gotta change because what I'm doing's not working. Failure doesn't mean I'm finished. Failure just means I figured out what doesn't work. Failure doesn't mean it's over. Failure just means I got to change it because what I'm doing is not going to get me where I want to go yet. Failure is not fatal. Failure is only fatal to them that don't get back up. What do you got to let him wash today? See, your sin isn't bigger than him. No. But you got to let him wash you today. Peter came and said these words. I love it. Look what Peter said. Peter said, you ain't washing me. Peter, if you could only know what you're getting ready to do. You let me wash your feet. He said, don't, 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 no, 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 you ain't washing me. Don't wash me too holy and I'm unclean. Jesus said, I have to do it. What he says? He said, don't wash my feet. Jesus answered, said to him, what I do now, you don't know, but you're going to know. Because when it's done, you're going to know how much I love you because you're getting ready to fail right before your own eyes. When you head your head in shame, look at those feet I wondered why wash their feet why 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 what's the mystery in the moment because you're gonna have to wash them again and when you do it again you're gonna remember what I did for you Peter walked on the seashore one day and he seen, he said, it's the Lord. He stripped himself naked, dived in the river and swam across the ocean to get to him. To get back to the one that washed him. He says these words, you know what it is. 
message. Do you love me? He said, I love you. Do you love me? I love you. Do I love you? The proof of love is in the willingness to listen. He wants him to listen. Okay, if you gotta wash me, then wash all of me. Don't just wash my feet, wash my head, wash my whole body, give me bath. Because I'm a mess. Not my feet only, but also my hands and my head and everything. What Jesus says. Jesus said to him, He did his wash, he did not. You already been clean. I just gotta wash your feet get you back on track again. What failure do you got to bring to this basin? Maybe you say, I'm not dealing with that preacher. You're dealing with something. You just got to put in. What guilt you've been carrying? I should have never did that. I knew what I was doing was wrong when I was doing it. I did it anyway. I knew when I denied him. I, what guilt you carrying around? That he wants to wash away. What guilt is holding you back? Well, I know I should be serving the Lord, but... I know it is that, what guilt, what guilt? What guilt's been trying to trap you? I don't know what it is. Fear, failure, guilt, pain, memory. I don't know what it is, but I know this water can wash you clean. I know this water can make you all, and all it all is, it comes from this guy right here. It originated right here in sin. Because all those things came because man, slipped and stumbled and fell. And you know, I was thinking about those nails the other day and I asked myself the question, how did the guy that make the nails that they crucified him with, how did he make the mallet that they banned? Let me tell you, you're a carpenter, you know how to drive a nail. Jesus knew what it was gonna take to drive a nail through his hand. The guy who made the metal and put it in the rock that you're gonna crucify him with had no problem. He's the guy that made the tree you're gonna hang me on. The stone you're gonna cover my grave with. I was the one who created, and the rock will cry out if you don't cry out. The everlasting God. I'm trapped in what I created, and now they're using it against me to try to get me to quit. But I'm thinking about you, so I ain't got no quit in me. Of something today. 
the son of God trapped himself in the earth so that the sons of men can become the sons of God. You know what he did with this? Your sin? Look at me. Bible says that ordinances of sin are hung upon a tree. So he did kind of like this. He said, oh, it's time to crucify me. Just hang on a minute. Before you, before you, before you kind of get my hand on that cross, let, let me, let, before you're going to put my hand out, no, see, he didn't go there clinch-fisted because he knew what it was going to be. He went in there with an open hand. He said, oh, let me just, just the handwriting of the ordinances of our sin were placed upon the cross. And Jesus kind of did like this. Just, just wait a minute. Let me, let me take care of that. And he put his hand. Okay. Nail it. Nail it, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'll pay the price for them. Peter, you don't know what I'm getting ready to do for you. I'll wash your feet today so I can wash your life forever. Nail it! Now, because they can't carry the burden of it, but I can. They can't pay the price for it, only I can okay with my mission. I know what it is. Nail it to a cross. That's why I'm here. I'm here for you. This can't keep you from him ever again. So take it. Bring it to the basin. This thing haunts you. Come back and tries to remind you tells you about your flaws and your failures, tries to destroy you, tries to keeping you from him. But I got news for you. He took care of me on the cross. What's Easter mean? Easter means I've been washed. <laughs> I've been washed by the water and washed in the blood. Take your sin. Take your shame, take your guilt, take your pain, take your mistakes. Bring it to the basin. It's waiting for you. Twelve guys and one God. As he kneeled down, can you imagine? You're the king. Today I'm your servant. You're the Messiah. Today I'm your sacrifice. You're the only begotten. Today I'm your friend. You are God in the flesh.
that towel. I kind of think that dirty water. I think Jesus kind of did like put it back together. I'll take care of it. You can't, and I've got to. What do you got to leave in that basin? memory of the past you gotta wash what forgive do you gotta forgive what what step do you have to take just close your eyes bow your head today the greatest thing you can do is begin your relationship overcome today is sin and the only way to overcome sin is surrender to him if sin is holding you back bring it to the basin you might be in here today and you don't know Jesus don't leave this building without him because I'm going to tell you what what I told you today is the truth about who he is don't leave here today without him. You say, preacher, I ain't coming back. I, I'm okay with that. I want you to, but I'm okay with that because if you leave here with him, life will figure itself out. Don't leave here today without him. You might be here saying, preacher, I'm backslidden. I got gifts, talents. I, got, I know about church. They brought me to church when I was young, but I kind of slipped away. Sin enticed me. It grabbed me for a season. I don't know how to get back. Bring it to the basin and come back. You sit here today. Say, they failed me and quit on me. Church quit on me. Everybody quit on me. I don't even know. God ain't church and church ain't God. I've been betrayed. Judas betrayed him. I've been denied. Peter denied him. I've been walked out on. They all walked out on him. Today, leave it in the basin. Let him wash you. Let him wash you clean. Nothing can separate you from his love but you. I thought about that. The Bible says nothing can separate you from his love. You want to know what? But you. You got to take it. You gotta accept it. You're in here today. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe, maybe you 
you walked away. Maybe you need to come back. Nobody's looking around. It's a safe place because I don't, I just want you to know him. You might not like me. Pray to God that doesn't hold you back from liking him. You may not like this, that, I don't know. But just make sure you, you leave here today with him. You're in here today, you don't know Jesus or you want to change your life. Just slip your hand up right now. I want to pray with you. Nobody looking around. Just slip your hand up high. You don't know for sure you're going to heaven or you need some stuff you need to change and you want to go there. Just lift your hand up right now. One, two, three. You're lifting in the air. Go. Go. He'll see your hand. I'm going to pray for you. We'll pray corporately together. Something's going to change in your life. Let's just say this together corporately. Jesus, thank you for receiving me healing me, saving me, making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.